you know, Spencer, a lot of times with these uh, ad reads, we have to uh, pretend that we like a product, but this is not one of those. Right. This Um, is just classic. We're classic podcast connoisseurs. We know what's up. Yeah, we love we do love MeUndies. Secrets out. That's not just talk. Right. We probably love solid cologne. Um, Yeah, definitely. uh, But we definitely love Matt Bronger. Um, Matt Bronger. He's a he's an old friend of mine. I won't say too old because you know it's showbiz. So let's <laughs> let's stay ageless. But he is a fantastic, wonderful person that I have always adored, and that I never spend enough time with, and never work with enough. But he is really funny and really kind and really awesome. And he has a podcast called Ding Donger. Oh, you know about it? No, wait. Yeah, no, it's okay. You can know about <laughs> no, it. No, I've heard ads for it. It seems like a great podcast. It's a weekly podcast with actor and comedian Matt Bronger. You can go for a spin with him as he shares stories, observations, and advice with episodes perfectly curated for half-hour car rides. Does that mean he's driving during the, p- p- the podcast? He better not be because that's my idea. Oh, shit. I wonder if that's done because that is my idea. Maybe you can go on Ding Donger. You know what you could do <laughs> is you can leave a voicemail message for him and he'll address it uh, on his podcast. Oh, wow. I don't have a number for that, but just know that you can do that. Well, I bet if you like and subscribe to it on iTunes, the number reveals itself to you. Yeah, this is already on the air. I'm acting like it's new. (laughs) Recent episodes have included tales of harrowing bike rides in Southeast Asia, horror stories from Chicago public transit, and advice about everything from the creative process to the terrifying nature of bird-eating insects. Just don't miss a single episode. (laughs) Make sure you don't... (laughs) Sorry. Make sure you don't... (laughs) Make sure you make sure you don't miss a single episode. Subscribe to Ding Donger with Matt Bronger on iTunes, Stitcher, FeralAudio.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Matt Bronger. He couldn't be brighter. Today's episode is brought to you by Last Rampage, the new true crime film starring Robert Patrick, Heather Graham, and Bruce Davison. And we had the pleasure of speaking to someone involved with the movie. So, uh, my name is Alvaro Rodriguez. I'm the screenwriter for The Last Rampage. As a writer, to me, I'm less interested in genre and more interested in character. And, you know, I've written in a lot of different genres, you know, um, kind of horror genre, thriller, or action movie, or kids movie, or, you know, different kinds of things. And it was always more, I was always more interested in character and hadn't really quite done something like this before, but was just uh, really drawn to this idea of um, of a guy like Gary Tyson, who, you know, had been in and out of institutions from the time he was, you know, a kid um, and, uh, and having sort of raised three sons from behind bars. Uh, and how these three sons kind of grew up in the Church of Gary and thinking that their father had been, you know, unjustly accused and unjustly convicted and all of this stuff that they were getting fed um, from their mom, Dorothy, who's played in the film by Heather Graham. So to me, it was just, I was interested in telling that kind of a story, telling a family story. You know, to me, the most interesting stories are family in some, centered in some way, you know, they're elemental stories. They're stories that um, go back to, you know, to the most intimate and elemental parts of ourselves. So the idea of fathers and sons, you know, there's a line in the script about in the movie about that, um, you know, where Gary tells his oldest son, you know, Donnie, there's only one law you got to worry about, you know, and that's a law of fathers over sons, and the only way you're gonna, you know, 
get past that is, you know, by this, you know, by dying, basically. But kind of threatens him a little bit. But um, so that was really, you know, the touchstone for me, uh, trying to figure out how to tell that story. Don't miss Last Rampage, the true story of the prison break of Gary Tyson. In theaters and available on iTunes and all on-demand platforms today. For more information, visit truecrimelive.com or follow the movie on Twitter at Last Rampage Film or on facebook.com slash lastrampagefilm. Good evening, Meltdown Comics in Hollywood, California. How is everybody doing tonight? Hear ye, hear ye. Harmontown is now in session. Please, for your absolute delight and abject entertainment, please welcome to the stage the mayor of Harmontown, Mr. Dan Harmon. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you. Um, I'd like to thank Jeff Davis for comp trolling uh, again tonight. Thank you, Jeff, thank for you. coming back. And how about uh, for those of you uh, who were here and listened to it, uh, Aaron McGathy as guest comp troller last week. You guys are here that? She did all right. It was she, really, uh, it was adorable. She had her moments. It was adorable. It was a different dynamic, most assuredly. Well, because we're not fucking. Right. <laughs> I saw recently on Apple TV... <laughs> the, 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 the Gray was on with uh, Liam Neeson. It's uh, Liam Neeson fights wolves. Uh, Anybody by applause? Anybody has seen this movie? Like, like, like a good eight, eight to ten people. Yeah. I have not seen this movie. Uh, Liam Neeson is a professional wolf hunter uh, for a corporation. Uh, he's on a plane. It goes down. He spends the rest of the movie with, like, nine guys that slowly get picked off one by one by these wolves that are around them. I imagine the, the, the you know, the luck of being a wolf hunter. And then you're, you know, he didn't, they didn't go down in the water, thank God. Or he would have been like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Um... <laughs> Uh, no, he knew exactly what was going on, and he wasn't very encouraging to the other people. He was very informative about wolves, and uh, I just—I've been talking like Liam Neeson about wolves like for the last two weeks about everything. When I'm making a sandwich, if somebody says like, "Is there mustard?" I go, "They don't give a fuck about mustard. They're killing machines." And if they've got cubs and we're within 150 yards of them, we're already dead. Uh, wait, wait, I have a question because I've not seen this film. So, What's I, your question? Can, uh, can I ask you, Liam Neeson, uh, some questions about the movie that you're... Your questions don't matter. <laughs> we're surrounded by biological killing machines. But go ahead. Um, if, if you're a wolf hunter, how come everybody keeps dying? <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't you be the, 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 the right I'm not man a wolf this? hunter. Wolves are the hunters. <laughs> they aren't hunted. They don't give a fuck what we do. They've been around for five billion more years than us. They've got a mouth full of weapons. They've got six legs. That's good. The whole movie takes place in the Arctic or uh, somewhere cold. I'm sorry. So they just keep walking and building fires, and he keeps explaining how fucked they are. 
And I really, I never watched the end because I know from the trailer that he glues glass to his fists and faces <laughs> off with what's probably the last wolf. I, I, I didn't bother to, I saw that in the trailer. I just watched like an hour and a half of him telling everyone they're fucked. And that nothing they say matters. There's a, there's a, in the, in the first act, there's a, there's a guy that's like, so what are they, what kind of wolves are these, man? Are they, what are they, like uh, herbivores? They eat like nuts and berries? They don't give a fuck about nuts and berries. <laughs> like that's a real line from the movie. They don't, they, the word fuck is in that movie more than anything, more than uh, uh, a Scorsese film. Like, like everyone's saying fuck for, in ways that you never even heard the word fuck used. They're just they past the fuck salt. Uh, <laughs> there is no fucking salt. We're in a, we're in a frozen sea surrounded by killers. They've got a kill range of 300 kilometers. If we're in within half of that and they've got cubs, we're already dead. How, how did uh, I have I have I have questions about that? I, I, I want I want well I, I don't want to see the movie. I, 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 the movie doesn't matter. Do you think these things give a fuck what you watch on a screen? They just want to eat your face. They can see you 300% further than you can see them. Their eyes are like microscopes and telescopes taped to each other. Their noses are sharper than their teeth. Their noses are sharper than their teeth? D yes. <laughs> who, who would win in a fight, a bear or a wolf? They don't fight. They hunt. <laughs> Sorry, what was the rest of the question? I got distracted by something I could dismiss. I think wolf versus bear. They're not wolves. Oh, I'm sorry, they are. <laughs> sorry, I got, I got, I jumped the gun. Our guns don't matter, but I jumped them. I can't verify because I don't, I don't think I've seen enough of his films to know if you're doing a good Liam Neeson impression right now or not. Is it, I think it's pretty good. It sounds pretty good. good. Yeah. Is it good? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty early in the night for the audience to be sarcastic. Uh, <laughs> Those of you who were here last week, I really, I, I, I bet none of you were here last week because I went headlong for Inception's throat <laughs> like an angry wolf. Uh, and uh, you could feel the, uh, the rift between me and, uh, and the flock. It just, Bo Peep almost got sheeped to death. Well, see, I, I was listening to it just, you know, the audio, the, uh, the podcast version of it. I, I didn't sense that the audience was that disgruntled by your... Your hatred. It's their faces. You see their faces. <laughs> just, just, just watch you at home that are listening on the podcast. You won't be able to participate in this, but just Jeff, you focus on them. I don't know. Inception. Eh, it's kind of dumb. <laughs> so look at that guy. Look at that guy. Okay. Yeah, he looks horrified. Yeah, uh, but uh, Harmontown is a uh, is a plan that we have to uh, form a colony because I think we we feel we don't want to be dire about this. We don't feel like the world is ending terribly soon. It's not like a huge emergency, but I, it takes a long time to start a city of, of, of people who can carry humanity's torch. So what we want to try to do, probably on the moon, I, I keep thinking it's got to be on the moon because I just don't know. There's no place in Texas that's going to let us do this, or, <laughs> and I don't want to go anywhere where they, there's like mosquitoes. They tried that once, and the, uh, the ATF came down pretty hard. <laughs> 
Yeah. Don't groan it. I mean, groan the government. It's bad form to burn people alive. It's a terrible, terrible way to, to govern. I, I feel like it is too, actually. We have to talk about religion. We have to talk about politics. We have to talk about what we would do with our, uh, our unseemly citizenry. Like, what do you do if somebody uh, does something you don't like? It's going to happen in a room full of 200 people. Like, you, you, sir, do something that nobody likes. <laughs> fuck Batman. Is it? Oh. Oh. He said, fuck now, Batman. I, I like that. Now what do we do? Now what do we do with him? <laughs> we fuck him. We, <laughs> an eye for an eye. We fu uh, fu fuck him? Yeah. For seven. yeah, you fuck Batman, we fuck you. It's not that hard, governments. <laughs> We figured it out. That's it. All right. Now what do we do? Let's play charades. Also, also, a lot of my answers are, I'm just going to fuck you. Thank you for doing that. That's not easy to be called upon. I'm like a drowning man. You don't have to applaud him. That's ridiculous. That was good. You can if you want, but don't ever do anything here that you feel compelled to do. That's bad governing. Did you not like the new Batman? No. I haven't seen it either. I've given up on movies. I don't even want to go to them anymore. So you didn't like the new Batman. I haven't heard anything good about it. It was silly. Silly. <laughs> <laughs> it's silly, he says. We should give this guy an identity. What's your name? Max. Max. We should get him a microphone, for fuck's sake. Well, you can have one if you want. Well, here's a, here's, here's a, here's a Batman we can talk about, because uh, a lot of you people didn't even see it, and the ones who did probably blocked it out. Remember the Tommy Lee Jones two-face, like... <laughs> I was explaining this to my 27-year-old girlfriend today. It was like explaining like 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 Korea or something. Like like she she was going, "What? Come on!" Uh, uh, like like Batman was sitting in the courtroom. Wait, is this hanging out? Because she started laughing. We were actually watching the second Batman, which everybody agrees is like uh, it's a pretty well. It's certainly the best Batman movie we've ever seen. Uh, Are you the, saying uh, it's, it's like Korea in that there's north and south that it's divided like two faces? No, or is that like. like no, no, no. That, that down the middle of his face, there's the 38th no. parallel of... Uh, no, I apologize. I'm all over the place the tonight. I meant like I'm like an old veteran, uh, and I'm going, well, she's going, what were you fighting about, Grandpa? I'm like, well, we wanted the, the, the Korea to be different. Well, what, who gives a shit about Korea now? I don't know. We gave a shit back then. Um, uh, the, uh, what if the character of Two-Face was actually a trenchant commentary on the Korean conflict? <laughs> remember which movie it was it was it was either, i think it was the danny devito as the penguin one i think uh, it was still michael keaton was batman yeah. sitting in the courtroom in his batman outfit and uh they show the origin of two-face in the form of a newsreel and uh tommy lee jones is questioning a mob guy and the mob guy doesn't like the way it's going so he pulls out as they do a jar of acid <laughs> from his, you know, the, the pocket of his double-breasted suit coat. Your, your, your jar pocket. And he, and he flings it at Tommy Lee Jones, who, who I, it's a visual thing. Uh, I'll do what he did visually first. He, he, he uses a manila folder to block exactly half his face. And that's how he became Two-Face. And he has a contentious relationship with Batman, as Aaron Eckhart's Two-Face does with uh, uh, Christian Bale's uh, Batman. In this version, just because, well, where were you when I got that acid on half of my face? And the answer is, I was sitting there in the courtroom, and I just couldn't get over the galley, ga the gallery thing. Like, they show a shot of Batman trying to get over the courtroom, like, little people's court flappy door. <laughs> it just it couldn't be more ridiculous. You'd have to show Batman, like, taking a shit to... 
want to ruin the mythology more for nerds. Like we just, I just sat there in the theater and looked at Shrav, and Shrav looked at me, and we we just uh, we started making out. I understand the appeal of Batman. Somewhere in our heart, we want a guy out there that's like rich, which represents the fact that America it does work. It's okay to be capitalist, but you know we we need a hero. We need a Prometheus who uses his godlike powers to you know uphold our value system. We're, we're, we're very. Uh, but Max, you said the new one is silly. Yes, it's a little silly. They're not, they're not taking it seriously enough. Well, or, maybe, maybe a little too serious. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> well, you know what Liam Neeson would say about Batman? <laughs> Doesn't matter. I'm determined that Liam Neeson pays off at some point tonight. He probably will. There's no payoff. <laughs> you're not going to get paid. You're going to get eaten. It's a weird crowd tonight. I'm going to blame them. <laughs> I, I blame them. I don't know what they did wrong. I don't know what you guys I, ate. I, I kind of blame myself. I feel like I blew it by leaving town for one week and the continuity has just gone to shit. <laughs> they're expecting, they're like, where's this show that I, that I got all excited about where the, where the couple bitches at each other? <laughs> and then they, br- they, they bring other couples up and can, ruin. Can I, I, I was out of town. I, I, I hang out with, uh, with Aaron and Dan quite a bit and I see them, they have their little moments of, 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 of cuddling and schmoopy schmoops and uh, then they frequently have their moments when you're at the great Greek having Greek food and they're fighting about the new improv idea that we have for 40 minutes and it's, it's, an, it's an impenetrable lonely place to be sitting across the table from them and then I justify an exit and I have an ouzo with a guy named uh, Nikos and I come back and they're still talking about the improv group and, uh, and then, I, then one of them goes to the bathroom and I depose that person and say is this better or worse than being alone? <laughs> And then they pause for eight and a half seconds, and in that pause, I leave and have another ouzo with Nikos, and I come back, and there's no answer. Then they come back, and you guys are making out, and you guys look so happy together, and then you probably go home and have the worst sex of your lives. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, have no, I have no qualification for that. I, I, uh, I, uh, that's true. That's, that's it. So after that podcast, because there, like, there was... Uh, there are moments you guys you're very self-revelatory and then uh, like what happened after that podcast did you guys go home and do you got to go Baskin Robbins and get a Sunday and or did you go home and yeah I don't know I, 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 that, that's just a, that's not it wasn't really revelatory that's just I, I'm dating me now I'm dating a, 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 myself with, hubba, with, hubba. with with red hair I'm just I'm dating another person that's like me this is not a like we don't balance each other out we just sink every boat that we step onto <laughs> Because we, we just go straight to the asshole section, uh, that, which is oh, there's only one seat there. We sit on each other. We argue about it as, as we sink. Uh, the, they don't call it the stern of the boat the asshole section. But, you know, who wants to die alone? That sounds, you know. Me. I, I, I'll see it at the finish line. <laughs> No, I don't like when I'm when I'm alone. I'm not alive. I don't uh, I don't know that I exist when I'm alone. I feel like there's like a swarm of black CGI insects eating my fucking skeleton from under my skin. I feel like something wrong is happening. Like I I don't I and that's when I'm feeling anything. I just don't feel like I exist. I'm a, I'm a mouth with a with a with a brain on it and like two little legs to walk it around and and make people listen to my bullshit. I I can't if if I'm just 
walking around an empty house. To, to talk, I can't talk to anybody. I, I, I don't, I'm not alive. You don't talk to yourself when you're at home? I, 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 I haven't had enough experience with it, but no, I, uh, I don't. I'll, I'll, I'll maybe mutter something like, well, why is it bathtub's not working. How am I going to make the jets shoot up my ass? I don't know. Where did I, where did I put that mannequin leg? Can't find it. Frickin' 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 frickin'. Uh, I just do Hanna-Barbera mumbles. Frickin' frickin'. I don't get it. Uh, I don't get it either, but I know, I know what I like. I like a good woman to, to hate me. <laughs> Uh, no, we, we, we love each other. Now we're going to get a big fight about... Aaron takes everything I say at the stage. Not, not everything I say very seriously. Aaron and I get in fights sometimes about... She... I... I, she, I, I, I when I... <laughs> for, for those of you listening in podcast land, she's in row two, uh, seat F. <laughs> when I'm... Stop, when I stand up here for an hour, and I... For those of you who are new here tonight, in case you haven't figured this out, what I do in the show is I stand up here for an hour and waste everyone's time. Uh, <laughs> While I'm doing that, I say whatever I can possibly think to say to make you not get mad at me and throw a rock at me. So in scrambling to say things that get rocks not thrown at me, I sometimes will say something that in the drive home, like Aaron will go, so you, you like raspberries, huh? <laughs> I don't know. I, t- I don't know. It just seemed like the funnier word to use. Well, wow, you know, raspberries, uh, <laughs> You know, you, you, you called me that when you were mad at me. That's a terrible example. I didn't, why didn't I? <laughs> Stupid. I'm the, I'm the, th- is this the worst Harmontown show ever? So far. Okay. <laughs> well, maybe we should talk about that. That's the, which is, let's, let's, let's go where the let's, energy let's, is. Let's, let's wallow. I can, I can, I can, I can answer your job related questions. I can answer questions that you raise your hand and shout out. I can arm wrestle one of you. <laughs> Or we could talk about the fact that the show sucks tonight, since that's in the air. We have a quorum. Arm wrestle. Arm wrestle this. Who who wants to arm wrestle? All right. All right. What is your name, sir? BJ. BJ, you have a... You have a what could only be described as a fuchsia hat on. Uh, I don't know what Renaissance fair you were recently expelled from, but I'm gl- glad you could take time out of your busy swashbuckling uh, career to uh, to challenge. Uh, yeah, if, you're, you're, you need like a big ostrich plume. I think that would really put it over the edge. Nice purse. Nice, <laughs> nice purse. He's getting heckled. Uh, he doesn't deserve that because for those of you listening in podcast form. Uh, a guy came up to arm wrestle me that that uh, is already a better show. Just <laughs> when he woke up this morning, than anything that I guess I have to do the uh, the, 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 the Vin Scully check her and play by play on this one. Well, uh, there's a man on stage right now wearing a, a, a smart little leather purse, kind of it's kind of like a Louis Vuitton kind of thing. It's got a gold chain. No, it's not. It's gold. It's, it's what? Gold. It's gold. He has a golden satchel. He has a, a, a lady's scarf from, from season four of The Love Boat. So he has a he has a, a shirt that says a wicked lot of laughter, which I guess you, you're from. You were recently at a Boston comedy festival. I would imagine from that. He's wearing uh, sky blue Crocs, and I'm not fucking joking. Podcast the man. 
It's complicated. He's got big hair. He looks like John the Baptist from Rembrandt's Decapitation. And and I'm really going to throw a fucking wrench in this thing. He's put his left hand up on the stool. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, yeah. This is a, we're going lefty on this one. Are you lefty, uh, PJ? No, you're not. Uh, <laughs> have, have I taken time out of this uh, yet to, to describe his turquoise uh, Varney uh, uh, I, I, ironic glasses? I, I, look, believe me, I'm, I'm all for it. This is fucking fantastic stuff. Is, is anyone taking photos? I want this on Instagram immediately. All right, you call the go. I'm gonna I'm gonna put my hand on top of, of, of both of your hands here. Two, two great competitors for a worthy cause. When I take my hand off, I want you to begin the first person to put somebody over the edge of the stool. Right. Sets the tone for the rest of what may be the worst or best harm in town. Okay. And begin. <laughs> okay, let's make it for 50 bucks. <laughs> he's it's kind of a stalemate. He's purposely, he's thinking I can't win because then I'm an no. enemy of the show. But he's, no, no, he's, he's, uh, he's, he's, he's toying with he's you. trying to make it interesting. It's, it's every, he has a bracelet on, which means he went to a club last night or recently gave blood. So maybe... <laughs> have I described He's like, got a fucking violet hat on. A violet. Violet. He looks like uh, like Miss Marple. No, what does he look like? What does he look like? He's just fucking with you. I can't. We're just both. Fin finish him, BJ. Finish him. Finish him, BJ. Oh, yeah. No. Carmen. They're cheering over nothing. They're still locked right at the top. It's been the Eiffel fucking tower the entire time. Carmen! BJ! BJ! Gold purse! Gold purse! Complicated outfit! This is okay. Oh my god! Day three. Dan took his scarf off. Dan removed his scarf. It's like Samson's hair. I took his Dan has put the guy's hat on his own head. Oh my god. Now Dan looks like he's gonna solve a crime in Victorian England. Cracking. Jesus, Dan. I propose we work together. I propose we work together. Work together. He nodded, he nodded. He nodded, it's a tie. It's a fuzzy tie. Oh. Very noble of you, BJ. Very noble of you. See, you know, I mean, I guess on the moon, Harmontown is just gonna be a bunch of. P pussies who give up in the middle of a fight. When we get attacked by Mars, we're just gonna go, fuck it, you guys, whatever you want. <laughs> BJ, everybody, BJ! Thank you, BJ. Hey guys, sorry to interrupt Dan's drunken ramblings. I'm Jeff Davis from Harmontown, here to talk about Warby Parker glasses. Do you need glasses? Do you wear glasses? Is your eyesight all fucked from playing Bubble Witch or whatever the f stupid app game you play? My eyes are just dying from these stupid games. You stare at it and then you try to look up and you can't see shit. I'm 43 and my eyes are dying because of Bubble Witch. God damn it. Warby Parker has glasses that are really cool. They're kind of vintage-y, retro-y kind of stuff, and they look great, and they're cheap as shit. They're, they're less expensive than glasses generally are, which is dumb, because people need them. Or maybe you don't need glasses, and you just want to look professorial and kind of groovy. Warby Parker makes it very easy to order glasses. They have a free home try-on program where you order five pairs of glasses, you try them on for five days, there's no obligation to buy them, it ships for free, and then you can ship them back for free. You go to warbyparker.com slash Harmon to order your free home try-ons today. The glasses start at 95 bucks, which is cheap. That includes prescription lenses, anti-glare and anti-scratch coatings, and every pair you buy, another pair is distributed to someone in need. 
I'm hoping that it's refugees. I mean, because Syrians, holy shit, they need glasses. I, I, I did it. I ordered them. They come so easy. Boom. There's a box. There's a bunch of glasses in there. You pick the ones you like. You look in the mirror and you go, these suck, these suck, these roll. You pick the ones that you like. Um, also, if you don't have any personal awareness or any sense of identity, after you get your glasses from warbyparker.com slash Harmon, you can also go to the Warby Parker app from the iTunes app store, which allows you to quickly take photos wearing all the frames, stitch it into a video and share it with friends and family to help you pick a winner because you don't know what you like. You need other people's opinions because you're a spineless ooze. WarbyParker.com slash Harmon. They're glasses. They're cheap. They're awesome. Fuck you. Back to Harmon. Dan, I hate to tell you this. He was never here. <laughs> we all just imagined that. That is someone I didn't vet. Uh, but, but, but then Sony would go, yeah, make it grounded, will you? That's how we'll settle disputes. And it'll be easier on the moon because it's one-sixth the uh, gravity. Jesus, we were both trying not to win, kind of. uh, uh, Who do you think actually had, to be honest? Who who what? Who do you think actually would have taken that one if it had been like... Anybody that's ever arm-wrestled me wouldn't win. I've never... I couldn't do a pull-up in uh, grade school. I was always like, did, did, did everybody go to uh, grade schools where they made you do pull-ups? Like the yeah. gym class, like, like is it, it's my imagination. I don't want to insult you guys, but I would like to think that everyone in a Harmontown town meeting is all of the people who couldn't do one pull-up. <laughs> like, and, and, and we want to prove that you don't need to. Like, the, the, what it should say in Latin on the flag is our gym teacher was wrong. <laughs> People die of heart attacks every day. Some of them were good at football. Some of them weren't. Like it has no bearing on lifespan. No, the, no tax bracket. It doesn't. Uh, it's just some shit that we were doing back then to just make everyone uncomfortable and kill time. I, I they should have. They should have. They should have let us play Dungeons and Dragons more. Um, I don't mean to bait you guys, but uh, <clears throat> I'm a little winded uh, by that experience. So, somebody asked me the most embarrassing thing in the world. What's your favorite D&D character? What is my, what is my favorite, like the one that I played? What is your yeah, favorite? You like the most. What is Dan, the, uh, just to repeat in case we don't pick this up over podcast, what is Dan's favorite D&D character? I, I, my character that I played was named Jim Nightblade. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, I, I was always partial to the throwing knife type, the thief, the assassin. Uh, can you describe to me uh, your, your dungeon master? Did you have a good one? Yes, Graham uh, was the name of our dungeon master. He's the greatest dungeon master that ever lived. Uh, he, because he was just insanely like, smart. And, and, and like he, Graham, Graham had hair down to his shoulders. He never washed it. And this was before Weezer, so it mattered. <laughs> He had these big, thick, brown uh, frame glasses, and, and his, his, he only had like eight shirts, and they were all from different state parks. Like, because he was, it was obvious that like he had a kind of like adventure nature fixation. I think it was like his dad maybe just like flew the coop, and, uh, and like you pictured him out there like climbing mountains in sandals or something, and he kind of like, he had this, he had all these t-shirts that would have like a howling wolf on them and it would say Montana uh, or, or the, and then the next one would be it would just say Alaska and there'd be two owls on a branch those were all his t-shirts but they all had permanent uh, sweat stains in the armpits and the, and the kids in school 
would just they would their, their whole four year high school experience was just the only thing that they got from Graham. I got worlds that he created with his mind, uh, and and had a had an, a whole a whole birth as a human being, courtesy of Graham. Uh, for the rest of the high school kids, they were just they just figured out ninety ways to trick someone into raising their arms so they could laugh at his. They go, hey, what's a, where, where, where are the lights? Where are the lights? Oh, uh, they're up there. <laughs> Look, there's a sweat stain. It's but yeah, God, when is that going to get uh, tired? But he, he he carried a woman's briefcase everywhere he went because it didn't. Bj, he he, he fetishized Spock from old school Star Trek like he he really as, as a lot of like super nerds do like they latch on to Spock or Data if they're younger because it's like uh, it's logic instead of like all these trappings like all this shit that makes no sense like can you dribble a basketball and what did you why are you with no white pants after Labor Day or whatever the fuck this stuff it's not there's nothing logical about it so you escape into this idea that you're just pure brain and that's what that's what Graham was and, and, if, and he could have gotten a man's briefcase if he had wanted to but he he, he, that wouldn't have been logical. Why would he buy a man's briefcase to appease like some kind of weird? So he just walked around with this. What, like, what was in the briefcase? The like, Dungeons and Dragons equipment, uh, <laughs> uh, and, and and all of his perfect homework assignments that he probably did on the bus with his with his mind and a, and a, and a laser pencil. Do we know he, where he is now? Have you have you followed up with this guy? He, he ended up going to MIT. Uh, either that or he was a pathological liar. Uh, but but uh, he said I think he always wanted to go to MIT, and I think he got accepted there and I never I never really saw him again actually I did I was in my 20s he came uh, and hung out and he had a big tank of nitrous oxide in the back of a pickup truck <laughs> and a garbage bag and we just, we maybe, just maybe he was a dentist we, yeah. we just we just we just huffed nitrous all night out of a big giant plastic bag and talked about science uh, and then he left again he was like he was like Laszlo in real genius he was that, that, like, that's why I picture him I'm yeah, picturing that's that. a good that's a good image to have uh, I don't know if he could pull off that beard but uh, he was but, but uh, yeah he was the greatest dungeon master in the world what makes you a good dungeon master you have to be you have to you have to be the world's biggest nerd and strangely arrogant about it you have to like <laughs> You have to be so proud of, of, of like how like uh, smart and logical you are. You Didn't can... we try to uh, play this? Didn't as adults like with Joe? Yeah, White? yeah. I tried to dungeon master. It was terrible. It was terrible. It was the worst. You think you would be good at being a dungeon master? No, you're an no, arrogant no. nerd. Yeah, I am, but not uh, not not arrogant enough. Just just uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe I, I smoke too much pot in my life or something. I don't know what it is. I'm not good at it. I, I, I worry too much about what people think about me. That's what it is. You can't be a good dungeon master if you're worried about doing a good job as a dungeon master. Does everybody got that? <laughs> Anybody else have another question? So, uh, do you want, you want something embarrassing again? Uh, yeah, try to j dig deep, man. Fucking You're trying to embarrass you. Yeah, make this a memorable night so that you, when you walk out of here, you don't go, oh, I was at the shitty Harmontown. You, you go, oh, I was at the one where fucking uh, a pedophile tried to attack Dan. <laughs> Uh, and, 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 and then they wrestled each other to the ground and then he took off the pedophile's mask. He wasn't and a it pedophile. Was a... He just had a purple hat on. <laughs> oh, that, that's not what I did. Oh, sorry, BJ. I wasn't referring to you. Wow. <sighs> Jesus. He... Terrible. I, I saw a hand shoot up over there. Oh, that was BJ waving. Okay. <laughs> Anybody? I'm not an underage child, BJ. Stop waving oh, we got one back there, yes? What's the most embarrassing thing you did as a kid? Uh, the most embarrassing thing you've done as a kid? Aside from constantly shitting my pants, 
Just constantly. What do you mean constantly shitting your pants? Just all the time. Just always pooping my pants. Was that is, that is that a medical condition? Is that a thing? I don't know. I just I would I would I just I, I didn't like to go to the bathroom. And uh, oh, yeah. there's your problem. You know, like when you're a kid. I don't know. I'm not I'm not going to try to put this off on you guys if this, you didn't have a similar experience. But when you're a kid and you're just learning to poop, but you're also learning to read. And sometimes you're sitting there reading a book. Like, I used to read, I'd just sit cross-legged on the floor and be reading a book, and then I'd feel like, ah, I gotta take a shit. Get up! Nah. Get up! It's Asimov. I'm not gonna get up. I wanna finish reading iRobot. It's amazing. You're still gonna be seated, seated when you read? I didn't get that part. I didn't understand that. I just would shit my pants. Wait, you're, you're saying you were that into that book, or you're that, that lazy, or what's that? What's... I don't, I can't, I can't, I don't it really... Maybe you just have a weird... I could, maybe I have less muscle control. I don't know. Kids do it. Kids shit their pants, man. You're acting like uh, just, you're acting like they don't, and they do. Kids shit I've, their I've, pants. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not just like playing like the, the, the foil to you right now. I've never heard of a, anyone that constantly shit their pants. <laughs> Old people. <laughs> Not, not you little people. Do you remember that? Remember when we had uh, uh, Adam come up and read that email from my brother? Remember that? Yes. And he referred to the uh, a story that my mom told about how they used to put me in a closet when I was a kid and mm-hmm. was with books. That was a, that's a reference to when I was in kindergarten. I already knew how to read, and they wanted to know how how well I could read because I came into kindergarten. I can read, so they would. This is in the 70s. They didn't, it wasn't politically incorrect to like track kids and stuff. If you were, they, they wanted to know who's smart, who's dumb, how smart are you, how, how, how smart can you be, and all this stuff. We later realized it's kind of a fucked up thing to do. But back then in the 70s, it was, a, it was the Wild West. Uh, everyone was looking for a meteor man. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I, 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 I could read, so they would take me. This lady, Miss Piano, would come and she would, she would get me. All the kids would start playing with blocks and stuff. And then, uh, and then this this beautiful, I remember it was beautiful and tall, but uh, it was probably the third woman I'd ever seen, and I was two feet tall. So, <laughs> and she would take me to this closet. It was like a storage closet filled with all these books and like overhead projectors and stuff. And then she, it's not like they could devote resources to that. So they would just sit there. So she would put a book in front of me and she'd go, read this chapter, and then answer the questions at the end of it. Give me a piece of she, paper. She would separate you from the rest of the kids. Yeah. Put you in a room. It turned out to be a great so idea. Like the, the count, of, count of money Christo in there. Yeah, yeah. So it's good. the kids loved me for it. It was great because I would come back to recess and they'd be like, oh, whew, it's, uh, it's our hero. It's the... Uh, <laughs> Please, please. So we were just learning football. Let us catch you up on things. Uh, no, it was, uh, it was, a, it was. A, I'm not complaining. Uh, I got to read a lot of dumb shit about uh, nothing I can remember. Uh, but they would go, okay, and then fill out this thing after you finish reading it. But then she'd take off. So th- that just reminded me of that 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 thing because. I had to pee really bad, but I was in kindergarten. I never had gone pee without somebody helping me go pee before. And uh, so I, she told me, when the bell rings, you can go to lunch. And for some reason, I knew what that meant, that I would be able to get up out of the chair and go to lunch. But she never came back, and I had to pee really bad, and I couldn't tell time. So I just knew I was waiting for this bell to ring so I could get up and go to lunch, and then maybe I could get someone to help me pee. Uh, but I just stared at this clock. And I never knew, and, and then I was just like, you know, if you've ever tried to hold your pee, like, uh, and then when you're a little kid, your little, your little bladder, it hasn't fought any dragons yet, you know? You haven't, 
you, 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 haven't, you haven't gone to your, your any frat parties or anything. Like it's it's just a little little muscle, just like uh, trying to hold in on those Flintstones vitamins and things. And uh, uh, and so I just stared at this mysterious circular dial, and and then the bell never rang. So I, and then I was just like, all right, here goes nothing, and I just I just pissed myself. <laughs> And as I was pissing, I got, got I don't know if it's, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's the same for women, but once you start, you can't, you can't just, it's not like a, you know, it's not like a valve. It's like, it's like Pringles. Start and then, it's like Pringles. It's a lot like Pringles. Uh, once you pop. Yeah. So yeah, at the ex, at the apex of me relieving myself in my little Oshkosh bagash uh, uh, overalls with a little iron on D on the front of them. Uh, for real, which I call I called my D pants. My mom made them out of red denim, and they had a, they had a little blue sunflower cornflower blue uh, 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 D that had little, and, and, and I called them my D pants, and I and I I, I always wanted to wear them, and I, so th- these are what I'm pissing in, and uh, and the bells ringing while I'm and so, and so now the bell rings, so now I can leave. So I just remember getting up and just looking back at this chair in the middle of a storage closet with a big puddle of piss around it, and and kind of going like, well, fuck her. Clean it up. Clean up your mess. And then I went downstairs to lunch, and my and and, and I, I for some reason I thought that because it was in my pants, I thought that the semantics of peeing in your pants somehow applied to the to the privacy and the containment. I didn't I didn't understand yet that that it's darker where all the pee is, and it looks like I just rode a horse made of spray paint. You know, I, 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 I'm just so I'm just down in the lunch line, and there's just I'm wearing my little red denim pants and I just have a black like fucking like you know saddle whatever you'd call that and I remember my brother was down there my big brother is five years older and he he, he you know my brother is, it's, it's, it's important to have a big brother like they can stick up for you to bullies and stuff like that and so my, my, I came down to the lunch line and my brother looked and went like Jesus Christ did you piss your fucking pants and all the sixth graders were like holy shit he did they were actually more embarrassed for me than my brother my brother wanted to talk it out a little more <laughs> Were you there at the uh, at the Price is Right uh, when the woman Peter pants? You, you weren't there, right? No. Doesn't that happen every week? Well, I you know I'm, we, we're both friends with Drew Carey, and he just got the job, and I went to go see him. Uh, we haven't talked about this in the show before, have we? God damn it, it was so good. I went to go see Drew, and he's like, "Hey, come on down to uh, like Price is Right. I'm, I really love doing this job. It's really fun. Come down, and I'm, like, I'm hosting this thing. It's like it's like it's, it's, like, it's like a big rock concert. It's great. Keep talking. I'm gonna get a drink. All right, Dan's gonna make a drink. And so, but you're right there in the thick of it, and it's pretty exciting. And if anyone's ever been to the uh, to, to a taping of that, it's like going to like a Beatles concert. Like just like, people are so happy and so people are screaming. It's really delightful. And you got the little yodely guy that goes up the thing. And, oh, and, and God damn it, I love just, that yeah, fucker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Dan was there, like kind of bashful, like when you, you're getting your plinko chips and you're like. Is the kitty litter cost thirty five dollars? It costs twenty five dollars. And Dan's like, it costs thirty five dollars. That's the kitty litter. I, I, had, I, I buy the same kitty litter. I'm like, yell it out. And, Dan, and Dan's like, no, 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 like, no, no. She's looking at the audience. Like, you have the same kitty litter. You yell it. Hey, I don't know. You got really nervous about it. You're like, it's thirty five, thirty five. And, 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 and she gets it right. And it's like, it's exciting as shit. Yeah, yeah. So there's, there's a woman that gets up there, and she, I, I, I don't know. I would maybe put her at forty ish, and uh, probably a mom. Couple kids and uh, just a nice lady got little mom jeans on, a little blouse, and she comes up on, and she's down in the contestants row, and I'm sitting right behind her, and I'm sitting with a bunch of Marines, and this woman, she's one of the first people called down. 
She's the, so she's there from the very beginning. And from the get-go, she is losing her mind, but she's also holding her crotch in the pee-pee dance fashion. So she's doing like that. Like she's happy as can be, but she's holding... Uh, <laughs> Her pussy, right. like a like a like a like a little baby holds you, you hold your crotch when you try to you think that that can stop the flow, and it can't. But you do your best. It's you know, mind over matter. And she's just smiling and happy. She overbids on the washer and dryer, and then they go up and do that. Then she overbids or underbids on the pool table, and then they go to commercial, and she's still there. And she now is like every time she's still so happy to be up there, but now she's holding on for dear life and front and back. So one around the front, one around the she's, back. She's worried that it's like whack a mole that it's. Uh... <laughs> It's like, yeah. So the best game in, in, in the Price is Right universe is, of course, Plinko. And when, you, when Plinko comes out, it's like, it's, it's bedlam. People go mad. And, she, and, and well, she, first of all, you don't know. She bids, she wins, she comes up on stage, the curtain goes up, it's Plinko. And at that moment, when she had come up on stage, I could see the little saddle of the spray paint Horace pee-pee stain on the thing. She had wet herself. And she was still holding on to herself. She had let a little go. And the whole audience was like, ah, play go! Whoa! No, sorry. She gets up on stage. She's one of the things. She hugs Drew. We see the pee. I'm now embracing two Marines. Like, we're, we're like, uh, like, like, just like, we're like, we're closing ranks. And then the Drew can't see it. The whole audience can see that she's p pissed herself a little bit. Then the curtain goes up and Plinko comes out and then it's fucking over. <laughs> She's now, she, but she's like, she just doesn't care. She's jumping about. She's just as happy as can be. And she's peed herself and the whole audience is like, <gasps> because you put yourself up on stage and like, oh baby, like you're like, like you're on camera and like, like your family and like, and, but she just doesn't care. So she becomes everybody's hero. <laughs> And I believe you get five little chips, right? You get you get one for free, and then you get four bid prices and things like that. And she gets them all. She just nails them. That's 12, that's 14, that's 38. She just nails the, the clock radio. And she's got all of her chips. And only at that moment, because she Drew Carey has to follow her up the staircase. <laughs> to ascend the heights of the Plinko. Uh, oh, that's uh, what, that yeah. Drew's the last one to know. Yeah, Drew's the last one to know. Because Drew like, like, Drew's only been hosting the show for a few months, and he, he's kind of seen a lot of stuff go down. But clearly there's some other frisson in the air. Where, like, it's like something else. He's is, just going, why is this woman so focused and, and clear-headed? Uh, and <laughs> Yeah, right. Well, it's, it's as if she doesn't have anything left to care about yeah. <laughs> other than getting prices but right. Also, the, audi the audience is in some weird kind of just like, like we're, all just, and we're all just holding on to each other. And we just like we want her to. We just don't want her to be embarrassed. We don't want to see a woman realize what's going on and run off the stage. And we just don't want to see something terrible happen. So she gets up on stage and she beats Plinko's dick all around the fucking room. It's just fucking ten thousand, five thousand, ten thousand, two thousand. Like she just lights it up. And she won, I think, the second most money in Plinko history. And Drew was the last person up the stairs, and he, he, he finally figured out what was going on in the room. And he goes, all right, so, so and so, go up the stairs. Oh, boy. <laughs> because he was absolutely eye level with her pants. And he goes, okay, let's just uh, let's get, you, let's get you up here and uh, face in the other direction. And like, he got it. And they took her backstage. I don't know if they gave her a new pair of pants or they, dry, uh, they gave her a hair dryer. But she came out, she won the fucking showcase showdown, and the entire building was chanting her name. Because, yeah. And I wish I could remember. I wouldn't repeat it. But God fucking bless you for peeing your pants and not caring. That's cruel. 
none of us would do it. None of us would do it. All right. What is your advice, writes an audience member, for screenwriters looking to get into writing for TV? Obviously, I'm the last person you should be asking. That's not true, because you have shows. Well, I got it. I remember what I did. Yeah, I, well, don't, just don't do what I did afterward. Uh, how do you get into... Uh, uh, don't... I swear to God, this is going to sound like a glib, jaded thing, but I swear to God, it's my honest answer. It's not... It's not, it's not a jaded, cynical thing like it's going to sound. Don't, don't have an idea like, 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 like that much. Like, like, like don't. Community wasn't. It was, it's, just, it's just Cheers. It's just Taxi. It's TV is not. We're not going to a sitcom to like have our minds blown by the concept of the sitcom. Uh, that's my best advice for TV. I think too, too many people make that mistake. Science fiction, maybe, if you want to do a sci-fi drama, then, then maybe what's tr drawing people in. I, 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 I haven't, I've never written that stuff or pitched that stuff to anybody. So, But you're I, about to go back into the market potentially and write another half-hour show, right? Yeah, I'm closing some deals. Uh, but do you, do, you, do you have ideas, or are you going to... No, absolutely not. And I would be a bad sitcom writer if I had any ideas. Uh, my, my ideas start because the system uh, uh, is, it, it's, it's, it's got its own momentum. And what the, the, the tough thing for TV writers to, to learn is that you want to... Yeah, it's really important to be, be super talented. That's fantastic if you, can, if you can manage that. But what you really need to do is like... Uh, uh, understand that everyone wants to help uh, and they're all getting paid a lot of money to help. So just work less and think less. Um, you're, you're going to be just as talented uh, a writer whether you think a long time about what you want to write or not. Um, what you're being paid to do is be smart on paper and the execution of a script, but they want to say, mm, could he work at a pickle store? Just say yes. Yes. The answer is yes, he could work at a pickle store. Because then aliens can still invade the pickle store in episode five. It doesn't matter. If you want to, if you want to get fired later, you can figure out how to do it. Uh, my boss stomps all over my soul furiously is this, is and this, regularly. This is Max again. <laughs> how do I get paid more for enduring that? I think this person's baiting me. Uh... uh <laughs> I, 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 re I, I got a book on tape at an airport. Some, something about lion taming. <laughs> it was a, a, guy, a guy that tamed lions wrote a book for CEOs or something. He, he was writing a book, but it was all about... I listened to it for a while. It was kind of interesting. He was talking about basically how to make assholes think that doing what you want is their idea uh, uh, because that's what a lion tamer does. Obviously, lions uh, uh, can rip your head off if they want to, but uh, what lion tamers are doing is convincing the lion that, like, for instance, when they stand on those stupid little pedestals, um, they, the lion thinks that it's defending the pedestal. It thinks that that's its pedestal and that the lion tamer really wishes it could be up there and that the, and the lion's going like, stay away from my shitty little bongo drum that you're standing on and the audience is going what a dumbass lion uh, the lion is really proud of itself so it, it was all I, 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 the, the answer to the question is you, you, somehow you have to trick your dipshit boss into thinking that, that he would be even dumber for not paying you more I don't know how to do that otherwise I would have picked a better job than I picked so I, I don't have any bosses and the, when I, as soon as I do I got three years before they're all over my ass and fire me I don't want to sound like a broken record but I got fired <laughs> 
do you, what do you think? I mean, I mean, this might be beating a dead horse, but uh, what what do you think their justification is for firing? What, what would they say in the like like if if you like? Sorry, what was the question? What, what what would they not their press release answer? But why why do you think they fired you? Oh, I, I, I it's it's cost benefit ratio. I the NBC moved the show to Friday night at eight uh, thirty. Which and, and said only 13 episodes. So that's NBC saying you, you're, you're basically almost canceled. We're just we're about to cancel you. So what is Sony going to do with that clock, with that shot clock? They're not going to give the ball to Psycho Pants. Like I, I <laughs> what am I going to do with 13 episodes? Uh, it's not going to be the thing that go, that makes Sony, NBC go, oh shit, we had you wrong. Uh, get this guy back at eight. Put him at 9:30 on Thursday. Uh, this guy's the best. If if your motivation is is, is like to get a show running and syndicated and, 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 and as long as possible, you definitely, it's not a dumb decision to uh, uh, bid me adieu. Uh, that, it, it, just, it was just, bas- it's, it's a boring answer. I'm just an asshole uh, that, that doesn't, I don't take notes very well. I don't like, it, you could give me five notes and if one of them was what I was going to do already, I'll say that's a good idea. And, but the, it doesn't, it only fools them for three, three seasons. <laughs> Are, will drugs be allowed in Harmontown? Yes, of course. Uh, you, <laughs> I don't, I, I, you know. Would, would there be some drugs that you would not allow? Uh, n- no, no, there can't be any. I, honestly, like, we have a big problem in this country right now with, like, the momentum. Like, uh, we are all freaked out because we go, oh, shit, if you legalize this tomorrow, whether it's a certain kind of gun and we all, all this stuff makes perfect sense, but it's only given the situation that we have. That's why we have to start over. Because the truth is, hand grenades should be able to grow on trees, but we should have self-control. Like, 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 like we can't, because what if some guy just in his garage invents tomorrow just invents a laser wand that if you touch people with it, they just their body just disappears. <laughs> is, does that guy get to be the most successful person in the world because he invented that? Because he can't be prosecuted for his crimes. He can't be... He's just going to go up to people. You don't have any evidence to convict him. Like the mailman comes over and he goes, fuck you, I don't like your cheekbones. And he <laughs> makes him disappear. Is Does that guy get to be president? Or is it wrong to hurt people and make them dead? It's obviously the latter. It's wrong to hurt people. We have to. We, we, we have to remember that that's really the star we're pursuing here. Not. We, we can't get too hung up in how to make nobody hurt anybody. Uh, I told the story of. I, I, I never told it again because we re, we did record it and I'd like to put it on the website. But it's an old classic. It's my origin story. The story of how my dad uh, beat the living fuck out of me and my brother for playing with matches. It's really my. It's my radioactive spider. <laughs> uh, because it explains almost everything I can think of about 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 my uh, me as as I am. So my brother and I got caught playing with matches. My brother uh, loved setting stuff on fire. He's fascinated with fire, and uh, he was five years older than me. So we went out in the back bushes and we gathered some dry leaves. And he had a book of matches, and we were lighting little piles of twigs and stuff on fire. And my mom came looking for us. Uh, and she caught us playing with matches. So for this offense, uh, as with all major ones, the misdemeanor was always, uh, 
the wooden spoon. My mom could handle that. She had a big bag of wooden spoons because they would break on your ass. Just hit you. Got a lot of wooden spoon people in the audience. I can hear you. <laughs> I can feel you. Uh, for the for the for the uh, felony offenses like playing with matches, big deals. It was uh, wait till your father gets home. Uh, and uh, my dad didn't get home until like 9 p.m. Usually, he was a very hard worker, and uh, uh, a lot of his job seemed to involve some southern comfort. Uh, and uh, so he, you, you, don't, uh, you don't mean porch swings, and uh... <laughs> so it's wait till your dad gets home. You got caught playing with matches. I'm telling you, this is going to be really bad," says mom. Uh, my brother's freaked out. He didn't usually freak out very easily. This is a guy who once uh, crawled out the uh, bedroom window in his Spider-Man pajamas just to go fight crime. <laughs> I admired his moxie. Uh, he, did, he didn't seem to be afraid of much, uh, 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 but he certainly uh, he knew that we were in for it. My mom took me aside and said, Daniel, you know those little stories you like to write? Because I did like to uh, write the little things. I got, nah, the Dan Harmon and the Fabulous Time Tunnel by Dan Harmon. <laughs> like, uh, like, like just these scrawling, like, like, you know, just write on typing paper and staple them together. I go, I wrote a book. Pay attention to me. <laughs> uh, Once upon a time, there was a bear in the bathtub. <laughs> la, la, la. Pulitzer, please. I'm precocious. Uh... My my mom goes, uh, uh, <laughs> I want you to write one of your stories for me while you wait for your dad to get home. I want you to write me a story about a little boy that gets caught playing with matches and regrets it. Was and she that terrified for your safety? Like, like, like she's like, we need to mitigate the beating that's about to go on, or is she? I feel like she, part of her was going, let's not lose the lesson. Uh, but I think most of her was going like, "Let's! I want to fuck with you. I'm I'm I am basically the bad guy from Tango and Cash right now. I I want to I want to just kind of psychologically. I don't know. My mom's gonna listen to this and go, "That's not what I was doing. F fuck you. You're so old. How do you know? But, how, do you, how do you know what you did? What would you have for breakfast this morning, Mom? As a special request, as the story continues, whenever she says anything, can you say it as Jack Palance <laughs> from from Tango and Cash? Yeah, but, uh, I want you to." Right, <laughs> one of your stories. No, I'm not going to do that. But uh, so I write stories, and uh, I want you to write it about a little boy who gets caught playing with matches and uh, uh, learns to regret it. So I, I, I think in my head, if I tackle this adequately, this, this could be my ticket. <laughs> So I do. I sit down and I write. Once upon a time, there's a little boy. I got. I was like, just lose that fucking bear in the bathtub shit. This is the real deal, Harmon. No, but it's who you are. It's who you are. <laughs> write what you know. Um, and I, a little boy got caught playing with matches, and 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 then his dad came home, and I, I just went into all this detail about like where they're lighting leaves on fire, and they thought it was a good idea, but but uh, but boy, did they not know that it wasn't. And and the, at the end of my story. Uh, the dad comes home, and he uh, see he reads the story that the little boy wrote. See, this you're already getting it. This is how why I got fired. Uh, it's like this is confusing. It's a, it's a story about a story. Uh, the, the, you were you were meta even yeah. back then. 
Uh, I think just lazy, but yes, I, it came to be called Meta. Uh, uh, at the time, we just called it Zero Research. Uh, uh, my, <laughs> at the end of the story, the dad comes home, reads the story, and realizes that the kid felt so bad for playing with matches that he didn't need his spanking. And I, and I, the end, and I gave it to my mom, and, uh, and, and my dad still wasn't home, and my mom just read it in silence. She went, hmm, huh. Yeah, this is really good. I don't buy the ending. <laughs> For real. Not kidding. Third act problems. Yeah. So, I, I'm sorry I don't handle notes well. Uh, sometimes it means I'm going to die uh, inside. But she's right. You should have said, and then my father came in, and he kicked the shit out of me. And I called the police. Right. Uh, 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 he's now serving 15 to 20 years in, in a minimum security prison. And uh, The neighbors came over and said, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Uh, no one else is doing this. Uh, you're insane. Yeah. This is like a horror movie. Uh, yeah, my parents always said, like, later when they, you know, everyone's parents, if there's anyone in this room that's ever had, like, hands-on parents, you know the story. Like, they always go... You know, they turn into little raisins, and you feel you just, they're, they're fine. You play pinochle with them, and they're like, doesn't, you can never, that, but, and they, they always go like, uh, ah, it was the 70s. Everyone was doing it. And I'm like, I did name three people who were doing it. John McEnroe? Who was that? Who was that? Mary Lou Retton? Who was doing it in the 70s? Did you see it on a Wheaties box? What are you talking about? Uh, so yeah, then my dad came home, and I, the rest of the story is terrible. It's, uh, but I never got my spanking, actually because my brother's was so bad that there was a medical Wait, was uh, this the tonsil emergency. one? Yeah, yeah. My brother had recently had his tonsil st- uh, uh, taken out, yeah. so... Shit takes a fucking turn. And my dad... My dad often... <laughs> I feel so bad if my parents listen to this, because they're, they're good people. Everybody should understand that. Now that we're podcasting it, I feel like you can't... I think the, the statute of limitations is over. <laughs> no, but it's... No, but not on their emotions. Like, All right, yeah, like, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, you know what? It would be like hitting my parents with a belt. <laughs> to talk about uh, to, uh, it would hurt them at a very vulnerable time in their lives Maybe, when they can't do anything about it how about this Dan, Dan why don't we why don't you tell why don't you tell the story we're, we're, we'll record it but before we air it and we have the option to edit it have your mom and dad write a letter or a story <laughs> about, about a son who grows up to be a famous writer has a podcast and can fucking lampoon those cocksuckers. <laughs> oh, come on, you met my parents. You love them. They're great. They're, They're great. Everyone's great. The whole world is great. It's as we, we we end up in these rules where we're sealed off from each other, not understanding things, acting out. My 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 brother, my dad came home. Oh, matches. All right. Well, I know what I have to do because my dad's dad did it and his dad's dad did it. Never, never mind the fact that all these people are insane. Uh, my dad took off his belt and he always had this catchphrase. He'd say, this is going to hurt me a lot more than it's going to hurt you. But he was, so, he was always so drunk he'd get it mixed up half the time. And it, <laughs> And just say the scariest thing in the world. This is going to hurt you more than it's going to hurt me. I know that. I, I, 
yeah, it's like it, 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 it's terrible. Yeah, and that's and that's not the way it's supposed to work. Yeah, that's how cold I am and how. It's, a, it's like if a nurse said you're gonna feel a large stabbing in your arm. Uh, you're gonna hate. And it. then the blood's gonna get siphoned out of your body. But just uh, think of think of puppies burning while I do it. Hi, I'm Jeff B. Davis from Harmontown, sitting here with uh, Spencer Crittenden. Hey guys, we're here to talk to you about rhetoric coffee. Are you guys coffee drinkers? Are you junkies? Do you get up in the morning and you're, you're just no good until you have that cup of coffee? Or do you just like to sweat a lot and get the shits? Yeah, no, that second one is definitely me. I like to sweat a lot and get the shits. Does that apply to this ad at all? Uh, strangely, yes. We're talking about Rhetoric Coffee. Rhetoric Coffee doesn't just give you unwanted diarrhea. It's the best subscription service coffee you'll ever taste in your life. Rhetoric commissions original art directly from comic book artists and then hand screen prints them on each bag. Each one you receive has a special life and is a unique organic work of art. I, we got this like bag right here. They, they, they gave us bags of coffee. I'm like... This is me crinkling a bag of rhetoric coffee. Look, I'm opening it right now. Oh my god, it smells like heaven. It's it smells like it smells like being like a like a like a angsty teen. He's Spencer is actually eating full coffee beans right. Now. That's good. <laughs> oh, dear god. That's great. Oh, somebody call the police. Not only are they fun to chew on, you could probably make coffee out of them. And you get to feel good about drinking that coffee because it's what I call ethical coffee. Rhetoric goes above and beyond fair trade, not just for their coffee, but in how they pay the artists that put the art on the bag with the coffee in it that Spencer is now currently chewing. Oh, yeah. Everyone wins. <laughs> You're a fucking monster. <laughs> their relationship with their artists allows the artists to continue making prints of their original work while allowing them full use for Rhetoric's projects. Everyone wins. Everybody wins. Everyone wins. Each roast is completely unique. You won't taste these complex flavors anywhere else. Their commitment to quality is top-notch. They are drinking what they are selling. They're getting high on their own supply. You know, they say not to do that, but it's also, I guess, a mark of quality in some sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to go to a drug dealer that doesn't get high on his own supply. That makes me feel like he doesn't believe in the product. It might not be good business sense, but it's definitely, you know, a good product. Yeah. Go to rhetoriccoffee.com and sign up now and use the promo code FERAL, F-E-R-A-L, for a 30% off discount. <laughs> go to FERAL. F-E-R-A-L, for 30% off. Your first roast. You, ne you never forget your first roast, Spencer. I, I never will. The first roast is the deepest. That's R-H-E-T-O-R-I-C coffee.com. Sign up and use the promo code FERAL for 30% off your first roast. Coffee so good, you can chew it. Now, what kind so, of father do you think you would make if you had kids? Let's say you had two boys. Let's say like like you know like five years from now or six years from now, you you have a you've got a, a five year old and a one year old. What kind of father do you think you're prepared to be? I don't know, man. That really scares me. My girlfriend's in the audience. But I, 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 the, uh, I was telling a story last week of how I was working on shelving units and like Aaron was there and I, I cut the shelves wrong at Home Depot and uh, they didn't fit for like the third time back and forth. And I, and I just, fuck, I, you know, I kicked shit and threw shit. Sometimes the, you know, the cat, like, before I figured out what the cat was doing, like, why it was meowing with the, it had a toy, turns out it had a toy in its mouth and it wanted to give me the toy. But like, so the like, cat would just meow constantly and I was like, I don't know, I'd get up and chase it. I'd be, I'd, I'd be like, shut the fuck up! <laughs> 
You know, I get angry. Because the, the cat was giving you notes? <laughs> because I don't, know, I don't know if you've ever met a two-year-old. Uh, they give you They give you a notes. lot of notes, yeah. yeah. They're, they're, they're not called the constructive twos. Uh, no, I'm aware of this. I, I've met my friend's children, and I've, I've read all about it. And then it's only 13 years before they're adults that can really, like, like, like Dino's daughter now, adorable little Tigger. I don't know if I'm allowed to say names of people who aren't even legally allowed to defend yeah. themselves. But, but I'm, I'm not going to say anything bad about her. She's a, she's a, she's a little woman now. We've known her ever since she was a little kid. My our friend Dino had a little daughter, and, you know, he used to just, like, I remember. I remember when she she liked she loved bananas Foster. It was a dessert that Dino would make for her, and so I would do a little character called Bananas Foster. And I'd go like, "Hey, I'm Bananas Foster," and I'd do a little dance, and she'd giggle. I was like a rock star. Yeah. And now she's just, now she's just texting and like, and she, I, every once in a while I catch a cold glance, and she's like, "Blah." And I, and I want to be like, "Fuck you." Just because I'm not good at football, uh, you know, like, like, like that, that. There's that too. Like, like kids, like you've only got 12 years before they're actually like that. When they, when they start, when they hit puberty, they become like. Now they're rolling their eyes at you, and they actually have eyes to roll, and like using sarcasm and stuff. Like that's only twelve years after it was adorable for one year. It's like, I, I, yeah, I'm prepared. Do you want to have children? I I do really badly, but. Uh, <laughs> But I just, I'm terrified that I'm not going to be able to handle the, it. was the whimper, you were, how you said that. I, re- I, I, I feel... <laughs> I, I, I really do. I, I, I'm terrified I'm going to be a bad, uh, a bad dad. And I'm also... I, d- I definitely... The solution isn't to be one of these... Uh, these horrible pussy dads that are all over LA. You see people walking around Target and the kids just screaming their head off and the, the people are just going like, Martin, use your indoor voice or whatever. Like, like come on, put, shame the kid. Yeah. It's public. Like, my mom only had to have one conversation with me. Like, they, she didn't need a wooden spoon for that. Like, I, I said some shit too loud in a Target and she was like, you don't talk like that outside the house. And if she was allowed to, she would have said, N-word. Like, uh... <laughs> It's, it seemed like that was coming, didn't it? Uh, uh, <laughs> like, like, like Back she, in the 70s, everybody was doing... There was only one conversation that, you know, I was like, we don't... Just, my mom would say, and she would say it logically. Like, I remember the logic seeping into my brain. It would be in a movie theater, and, and it was like, like, what if everyone was talking right now? Shut up. Yeah. And I go, oh, yeah, she's right. She's got a point. I, I remember, I, like, I, I was at a friend's house, and I said something kind of rude uh, in front of... Like the uh, the kids that were like I went to school with, it was like a new school for me. I'd moved into a new neighborhood, and I said something kind of cocky or you know, uh, yeah, suspend your disbelief. I was a little, I came in a little high on, on, on some kid. I, I probably said something kind of arrogant and shitty, and the mother who I'd known, you know, a few months, pulled me into the kitchen and just went. Whack across my face! Just like, another woman slapped you, like a, not your mom. Is that? Oh what yeah, so, some some woman uh, who, whom I will never remember her name. She, she just pulled me in the kitchen, like Jeff, Jeffrey, can I talk to you? And I was like twelve, and she <laughs> just clobbered me across the face, and I was like, Whoa. and she's like, you're not better than my son. Whoa! <laughs> I right. was like, well, me thinks he protests too much. <laughs> So I'm fu- that that's your no, no, takeaway. No, no, no. no. So, so I'm fucking her. So long story short. And, and I mean fucking her, Dad. Well, yeah. I am really like she's getting that twelve-year-old <laughs> vitamin JD. Uh, 
All right, should we do a? Uh, should we do a? Uh, I, rem- I, re- I remember one time when I when I was twelve, around that age. I remember this odd. This actually bonded me with my mom in a way, like like because I suddenly realized the cycle of abuse that was really happening. It's, uh, I, she told me to feed the cat, and I went, yeah, yeah. And I and I, I as I said that, I opened the closet door where the cat food was, and I bent over to grab the can of cat food, and I felt this unexpected sharp kick in my tailbone, like really hard. Like Charlie Brown going for the football heart, like 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 she just was put through, put everything into it. But she wasn't Charlie Brown, and uh, and my tailbone was there. And if you've ever been kicked in the tailbone, and also just any kind of unexpected impact with your body, it, I had a can of cat food in my hand, and and was 12 years old, so I'm like cusping. You know, I have testosterone like starting to inter to kind of go through my blood a little bit. I probably had a little wispy like. Hitler mustache or something like a little <laughs> little prepubescent like 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 little wisp on my upper lip and I and I instinctively because some mammoth or saber-toothed tiger is like kicking me in the tailbone I I wheeled around hefting this object in my hand this can of cat food and this was this is 80s cat food they used it used to come in big ass cans that you had to open with a device uh, uh, they hadn't figured out how to make portion them yet um, and uh, and I and I, I turned around with this thing and my mom who had just kicked me in the tailbone she she like she made this sound in this face that was like <laughs> but, like, like she wilted, like, and I, and I, oh and man, I, yeah. <laughs> and I saw, it was like, oh, I get it. It's just like white trash, like larva becoming a bee, you know. Like I'm, I, I'm supposed to do this now. And, and, and I, I was like, what is your, what did you do? And she's like, I thought you were being snotty. Like she, she just, she didn't know what she was doing, and and she knew what I was supposed to do. And she was okay with it, uh, and and I literally broke that cycle there in the pantry that day for myself because I was like I was like Jesus Christ no I'm not gonna bludgeon you to death like Chris Penn at the end of Shortcuts, uh, uh, and then and then have kids of my own and 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 find a nice closet to store our cat food in I'm not gonna keep doing this. All right, let's do. We had some success with this as a closer for uh, last week. We, we got we got a bowl full of questions. We could do a lightning round. Speed round. Speed round. Where all of my answers will be five words. Okay. <laughs> no, no. Three word answers. I like their attitude. And in honor of Aaron McGathy's soundboard last uh, last week, uh, I don't have the soundboard, but just, Aaron, I want you to do a lightning round. If you can yell it loud enough, uh, the theme song. Everybody, welcome to the Harmontown lightning round. If you could have sex with any mythical creature, which would you pick and why? <laughs> oh, you, you wish you had those five words now. S- Cerebus, comma, more mouths. <laughs> I'm going to read this as written. I'm going to read it as written. Would ever write a play? (laughs) Yes, would. (laughs) Lady. (laughs) Are you a conspiracy theorist? If so, do you have one in particular you firmly believe? Well, Jews... (laughs) 
was a joke. I mimed getting shot in the head. Yeah, it's a mime. Uh, well, yeah, well, there'll be a gunshot uh, uh, later on. How can I get my producing career back on track? <laughs> I'm offended, asshole. <laughs> Oh yeah, because isn't that a, isn't that a, that's a bit right? It's not like Michael Bay's sitting in the back, then really wants to know that from me. I think no, I think there might be somebody who actually had a producing career. Oh no, are you saying that that's they're just yeah, taking, they're kind of going they're taking the piss out of yeah. you. Yeah. All right. I, well then, I, uh, I haven't lost enough weight, but I have a nice black shirt. Should I wear that? Like they're kind of like like. How do I get a podcast without a structure? Yeah. Yeah. Should I just do it? How do I raise 200000 plus on Kickstarter without an established brand? Mm -hmm. yeah, now they're coming right at you. Again, dickhead. How many hand jobs? <laughs> like, uh, that, uh, by the way, that was uh, one of the questions in the Tao Te Ching. At least 20. <laughs> Fair enough. How do you mount... How do you maintain hope for humanity after things like The Dark Knight Rises <laughs> shooting? Ooh. Oh. This is Max, right? That's not you? Okay. He's talking silly. No, no, no. Let's, let's take it serious. Let's take it serious. Uh, is, that, is that count as a word? No. Is that? Is that? No. That's very much. Uh, uh, no, no. A no, no. It's a no, no. <laughs> Lassie, what are you trying to say? <laughs> you okay? <laughs> Realize. <laughs> painted himself into a corner. <laughs> Mankind fails. Oh. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> Aaron, theme song. Da, 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 da. All right. Got time for 10 more. <laughs> How do I pass a piss drug test? Penny in armpit. <laughs> He's not lying. Uh-oh. This one's just blank. You want to answer that one? So symbolic. <laughs> right? <laughs> If, uh oh, if I blow a guy to get a job in Hollywood, should I swallow? <laughs> Dad, you're drunk. Thank you very much for coming to Harvard Town, everybody. We did it. One more time. You want to thank the people? I'll thank the people. Or you want to thank the people? First of all, your mayor, Dan Harmon. Would you one more time? I'm Jeff Davis, your comptroller. I'd like to thank Katie Levine for doing our audio recording. Zach McKeever, our tech technician guy. Emily Gordon, the producer. Danielle Kramer, program director. Dustin Marshall, podcast producer. Mo Fathelblap, on-site director. And Jenny Fine, our fantastic artiste. And I want to thank you all one more time for sitting down and answering the hard questions, everybody. We will see you next week in Harmontown. I can't believe how cold it is. It's so cold. Are you fucking here. serious? Don't you're fucking so cold. Now you think so. Now you think so. I think it's so cold. It's so cold.
to the United States government, it is the mission of the National Security Agency to assess and flag citizens of the country who may present a threat to its security. The NSA has clearance to wiretap by any means necessary. Tapped. Incidental recordings of private conversations from the files of the NSA. Now on feralaudio.com. Hello, beautiful. I'm Amy Errett, founder of Madison Reed, a hair color company I named after my daughter. One of the things I value most in life is time. Time to spend with my daughter, time to spend with family, and the time I put into my company that's reinventing the way women color their hair. The busiest, most successful women I know use Madison Reed, the amazing hair color hack. In under an hour and for less than $25, Madison Reed delivers gorgeous, shiny, multi-dimensional, healthy-looking hair with an ammonia-free formula. You'll look like you just came from a salon, but the reality is you have more me time to do what you love. Things get busy. Let us take care of you and your hair. Find your perfect shade at madison-reed.com and get 10% off plus free shipping on your first color kit. Use code NEW. That's code NEW. Try it. Love it. That's the beauty of Madison Reed. 